How's it going everybody? I'm AJ and in this episode, I'm going to be ranting about the 2019 horror film, Ma. So the big draw for this movie, at least what really drew me and a bunch of uh, film guys that I know into it, is that it's a Blumhouse film. Blumhouse Productions is a production company that does a lot of really cool, let's call it experimental horror films such as Get Out, Black Christmas, they also did, uh, oh god, Paranormal Activity. These guys take chances and I really appreciate it. They also did Split, Halloween, Upgrade, Happy Death Day. They take chances on these kinds of movies, which I really appreciate. And I find they tend to put out the horror movies that I most enjoy just because they tend to be different. So the movie stars Octavia Spencer, which I'm going to get to her in just a moment. The movie's about this group of high school friends. And like most high school friends in movies and TV, they just want to drink and have fun and party. And I'll give them credit in a sense of realism. The hard part of that is always finding a place to do that. So Ma offers her house. They There are circumstances that bring them together. Offers her house to be this party location. And then she parties along with them. And then based on the trailer, you see that she very kind of fatal attraction-y becomes obsessed with these kids. So the movie begins with an introduction to our main character, played by Diana Silvers, and her mom, played by Juliette Lewis. Juliette Lewis gets a lifetime pass for me because she's been in such incredible stuff, namely Dust Till Dawn, but it's really cool seeing that dynamic, and you see that they are moving. They're in a, a, a car with moving boxes and their dog, and they're moving somewhere, and you see like a, a big establishing shot where you see this big like refinery in the background. So they move to this house, and it's introduced later that I guess... Julia Lewis, uh, the, our main character's mom, grew up in this town. She went off to California to pursue her dreams and it failed and she got married, divorced, had a kid, came back home. So this is where Julia Lewis grew up. And so our main character goes to school, you know, new kid. That's relatable for me, obviously, but new kid quickly makes friends and like, hey, we like to party. And she's like, all right. So there's like a group of like five kids and they are trying to buy alcohol. And so they're like standing outside this convenience store and I'm like, hey, a uh, random adult want to buy me some alcohol, which obviously my <laughs> that's not my childhood. So how I don't know if that's how it works. It seems really dangerous to do it that way. I always imagine people just raid their parents liquor cabinets. But I digress. Uh, Octavia Spencer shows up and they're like, hey, will you buy some alcohol? She's like, no. They're like, please. She's like, all right, all right, I'll do it. So she buys them a bunch of alcohol. Uh, they start drinking at like this little like rock quarry hangout spot, which actually that that part I'll give them credit for because I don't know about you guys, but every town I went to had this spot where kids would hang out. And I mean, I didn't drink there, but like basically it was just a place to hang out and like break bottles and crap. Just be stupid kids. Anyway, so they they drink there, have fun. And it's they learn that there's the, the cute boy that our main character likes his uh, his dad owns like like this security van place thing. And so we get a quick instruction to him and he is apparently kind of a douchebag. He seems like a good dad, but like he's kind of a douchebag because he catches wind that because Octavia Spencer's character, Ma, tips him off that the kids are drinking at this place. So he calls this cop to go check on them. The cop's like, yeah, your dad was a real douchebag back in the day. So, you know, get out of here, stupid kids. You got 10 minutes to clear out. So that happens. And so we're getting little hints of these characters, the the appearance of our main character's background. And this is one of those movies. I'll just go ahead and get into it. This is one of those like sins of the father 
type films where a character was wronged back in the day, typically when they're kids. So think like, oh man, this is a bad example, but the, the new Nightmare on Elm Street film where character was like ridiculed or in Nightmare's instance killed, but stuff happened back in the day which caused this character to have this grudge and to be crazy in the future which is ma so uh this movie is kind of out of order you learn flashbacks and you learn about the history of a character as the film progresses but basically out of order ma grew up with all these kids parents they all went to high school together she was not cool but the kids were pranking her and ridiculing her it's actually i'll give them credit pretty hardcore I want to get into it in like detail, but it, it it was definitely like more savage, I guess. At that point, it's not a prank. And I guess that's my complaint with a lot of these kinds of movies. And you have to have an extreme, which I'm really on the fence about. I don't know how I feel, but it just seems completely unrealistic how bad these quote pranks go. Like, but they're telling me the whole school is in on this awful prank, which involves her going down on a bunch of dudes in this closet and not even a quarter of the students are like, well, that's not cool. Let's, you know, egg her house or let's draw, you know, penises all over her car or something a little, little more harmless. But like, that is just straight up wrong, which I, I say that in a sense of realism, this is not supposed to be realistic because what is going to draw a character to do this, what goes on in this film. So eh, it's just, it, it bugs me. Just that's kind of like a tangent thought. Anyway, they humiliated her, and so she grew up being crazy and, you know, desperate to be in with the group, you know, with the friends. And so, you know, years pass, and all those characters had kids, and that's our main cast. So she becomes friends with these kids by buying them alcohol and letting them drink and hang out and party at her place in their in her basement. She's like, you know, don't go upstairs. And before I go any further, it's really important and i know i every single rant about i always rant about how my my disdain for trailers and how trailers are going nowadays the trailers ruin this movie and it's unavoidable because with this type of movie this you know original piece it's not based on a comic it's not based on a book you had to have a trailer in order to sell this movie the trailer especially for blumhouse films the trailers always ruin the movie which sucks because this type of movie, the way it's it's written out, you can't know the ending because then you're just waiting to get to that point. And like literally like the end moment, like the end scene, the whole the last like three minutes is in the trailer. And so it just ruins like everything about, you know, the suspense and the build of this movie. Anyway, so uh, they're all partying and stuff and it's quickly evident that ma's crazy and obsessed where she's like all right kids let's party and they're like well it's a school night she's like come on and they're like well okay and she starts getting aggressive where like they try to go you know the rule don't go upstairs chick has to go to the bathroom so she goes upstairs to use the bathroom and like they hear like a kind of kerfuffle upstairs and so our main character's like we need to freaking go and then ma shows up and like grabs him by the throat and like i told you not to come up here and then you know they they run away and next day she's like hey guys what's up she's like blowing up their phones basically a lot of this movie is showing how unhinged ma is and i'll give them credit i actually kind of dig it <laughs> i know it sounds uh kind of weird because i was crapping on it earlier but i actually kind of dig this story and 
how Ma's just desperate to be cool. Cause that's, I mean, that's realistic in a sense of like nowadays. And I see you nowadays, you know, even back when I was in, you know, middle school, high school, it's so with, with that, I don't know if I would have made it without a big group or not a big, without a group of friends and my tight group of friends. And that's always been me. I've never had giant TV show style group of friends. I've always had a tight niche group of friends and brothers, you know, and I'm still friends with them. You know, the genre geek cast short of Matt, which I became friends with me and Darren have been friends since high school. And so that's something that I can absolutely relate to and how essential it is to have friends in high school. And so to be an outcast during your formative years, I think it inherently can create an interesting story, which is evident here. And I can't think of another movie that uses that as the motivation for a villain, for an antagonist. And so we've seen the whole sins of the father before, but seeing it kind of done in a more, and this is halfway into the movie, subtle sense where what she's doing is wrong, what she's doing is weird, what she's doing is creepy, and it gets a bit uncomfortable, but seeing that done with our, you know, with our main characters and stuff, it's actually kind of interesting because for the most part, it's harmless where, you know, she's like, all right, you know, go ahead and drink. You know, I was a kid. I get it. I totally get it. But if you're going to drink, do it at my place. That way I can be in charge of, you know, you know, I have the car keys and you can't go home unless I see that you are capable of driving home. And it's the whole like, cool parent thing where it's like, I know you're going to do it. So you may as well do it here, which on a real tire up tangent, I'm going to be a dad. And you know, this year, and I grew up with a very, very strict traditional household. And I I totally get the whole, all right, well, I'll just sneak out and do this kind of stuff. Although I I didn't, I didn't do that. I didn't go out and like get freaking toasted at barns or, you know, rock quarries like in this movie, but I do get the idea of like, you know, if you're going to do it, be home and let's use common sense here. And actually, I, and I, I say that to get to Juliette Lewis's character who she doesn't get a ton of screen time in this film, but she is an awesome mom in this movie because she, to me, strikes that balance between cool parent and firm parent where the, her daughter, you know, comes home from drinking and Julia Lewis is like, you smell like pot. She's like, I didn't smoke it. I was just around it. She's like, come on, make better decisions than that. I am happy that you're socializing and I'm happy that you found a group of friends, but come on. Like that to me, you know, that's, that's great. It's not the whole, you are never hanging out with them again kind of thing. And, uh, so the movie goes on from there and basically the, up until the third act of the film, it's just unhinged, uh, Octavia Spencer's character, whose name is Sue, but I'll call her ma unhinged ma letting her true color show. And so it's just becoming more and more evident that she's kind of aggressive and crazy. And so like you learn that because uh, the main character, Diana, by the way, Diana Silvers, her name, her name is Maggie in the film. She's like, I'm missing my earrings in crap. Like I'm, I'm missing my stuff. And so she and another one of the main characters goes to the house and it's revealed that Ma has a daughter. And so I actually kind of appreciate this because obviously as you watch this kind of movie, you tend to try to jump ahead way early in the film. Like I'm talking within the first probably 10 minutes of the movie, our main character is new at the school. She sees this chick in a uh, electric wheelchair and she's kind of like stuck there and she's like, hey, do you need help? And so she helps her out and it, I took that 
as a moment of showing the the character showing the character basically and showing is showing how she's a good-hearted person basically our final girl but i always appreciated show us don't tell us kind of thing so she's we're being shown that she's a good-hearted person however they use that actually to kind of be a easter egg for what or foreshadowing or like easter egg for what's going to happen later so we learn that that girl who is in the wheelchair is actually ma's daughter and the whole time throughout this movie, the kids are partying in the basement. She, Ma's down in the basement as well, partying. The whole time, there was a, her kid upstairs, who's also in high school with the, the rest of these kids. And she's like homeschooled now because Ma is a, oh man, what is the, what is that term? Uh, Ma, uh, Munchauser, Munchauser syndrome, I, th- I believe, where the daughter, she's like, uh, Ma casts this image of like her daughter being sick and so like she's like you're sick she's like i don't feel that bad so she like shoots her up with medicine to knock her out and she's in this wheelchair she's perfectly capable of walking and she octavia keeps putting her new wheelchair which is interesting because they never outright clarify if the daughter actually does have some kind of problem which i think is interesting because then it can be another thing in octavia's life or ma's life where things are just obviously going to be wrong and bad or is it when this is obviously the more realistic and the way I perceived it, Ma is crazy. And so she gets a sense of control by controlling her daughter. Her whole life, she's been a victim. Her whole life, she has never had control. But with her daughter, with her daughter being, quote, sick, Ma is in control. So the movie goes on and on. And then that's when Ma finally snaps after all the like the parents of the kids find out about the whole drinking thing. And they're like, stay away from my kid, you freaking psycho. Ma goes crazy, kills uh, <laughs> um, the main character's boyfriend's dad, who was like the, we'll call him like the lead bully back when they were kids. Uh, his girlfriend, <laughs> played by Missy Pyle, which I, I absolutely adore her. I The big thing most people recognize her from, or wouldn't recognize her from, but didn't realize they recognize her from, is she played Fran Fernanoskovich Sabitovitsky in Dodgeball. She's a character actress. She was in Galaxy Quest. She was in uh, uh, the the Willy Wonka remake, uh, the Tim Burton Wonka remake. She's in the movie for like a tiny, tiny bit, and just I just adore her in the movie. She Anytime she pops up in a movie, she is always awesome. Anyway, she's like this kind of gag in the movie where she's an awful, awful person. We know Ma's crazy. So it's, she gets just ran over by Ma in this really quick scene. So Ma starts killing people. She kills the doctor because uh, Ma's a, a vet at this clinic and kills her boss played by Allison Janey, who, you know, she's, you know, iconic. And so something interesting real quick is that Allison Janey and Octavia Spencer were both from the help, the movie, the Oscar winner movie, the help, which was written by the screenplay was written by Tate Taylor, who also directed this film. So that's, that's kind of neat anyway. So as things unravel, it comes to the final scene where we've seen this in the trailer, unfortunately, where the group of friends are knocked out in Octavia's basement or Ma's basement. I gotta stop calling her Octavia in Ma's basement. And she starts going crazy on them. More like she sews the mouth shut of the, of the main character's best like girlfriend in the movie. Uh, the black friend gets his face painted white, which I kind of appreciated where she's like, sorry, there's only room for one of us, which is kind of like an, a nod and also acknowledgement of like how these movies and high school friend group based on movies tend to go. Where it's like, you got to have your token black guy. So painted his face white or black. Yeah. White. And then like 
burn the abs on this good looking dude. And like it's 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 a moment where it's kind of like the comeuppance from a crazy person standpoint, to be clear, of how it's not fair that they have this stuff. And so now this is her torturing them in an ironic way. And so I'll get I'll get into my thoughts on that in a minute. Anyway, so she goes up and like the cops get called because the Louis drive uh Julia Lewis is like, Where's my daughter? and calls the cops. And so the cop shows up, she ma kills the cop and people start waking up. And so it uh, basically comes down to like the, the daughter, Ma's daughter knocks Ma out. Things catch on fire in the kerfuffle house is burning down. The parents show up and save the kids from the basement and Ma gets stabbed in the back by our main character as a, in a moment of strength because Ma's like dragging her daughter into the fire. She's like, where are I crazy? And so, like, uh, our main character stabs her with a big knife and Ma goes upstairs and dies or in or, question mark, uh, with the house burning down. And so then that's kind of, that's the movie in a broad sense. So now I'm going to get into my thoughts. I know that was messy, but this movie is really messy. <laughs> so I think this movie could have been a, a solid B up until the third act. I think this is a concept movie where it'd be like, what if we made a movie where the main villain, the antagonist is, you know, Ma. But when it came down to ending the movie, it's kind of like a, an SNL sketch where you're like, all right, so how do we end this really funny bit? How do we end this whole thing? We're like, oh crap. I don't know. This movie's ending. The third act is what really killed it for me. I've heard from uh, friends and I've other read other views after I saw the movie where they were like, yeah, it was bad. It was really bad. But like up until that third act, I'm like, this movie's not terrible. I don't get what the big fuss is about. Problems that I saw with it, I'll definitely get into the third act here in a minute. Up up until that point were awkward editing, in my opinion. So like in the opening scene, I get the idea where our main character is in school first day and her mom is also going to uh, work for the first day. And it kind of cuts back and forth between the two of them, but it's really awkward for me. So something kind of interesting is uh, the film class I'm in right now. One of the topic questions was how do you define good editing? Is it a lot of cuts? Is it subtle cuts? Is it what do you, should you notice good editing? And my whole thing with that is it's, that gray area in between knowing because every time you make a decision to cut, to go to a different angle, to use a different, you know, take that's always a conscious decision. With that said, every moment that you don't cut is also a conscious decision. So it's that gray area in between of like the decision-making and the decision-making to not do something. And I know that sounds really muddy, but that's the intricacies of editing. And when you were able to, define hard what a good edit is then that's when the whole art of filmmaking is lost so bad editing with all that to say during the movie is what really hurt it for me initially at least up until the third act the third act i'm going to get to because that is a whole thing but there are moments like that where it's like i don't think we needed to necessarily see the main character's mom at work maybe one scene of that as a transition scene between high school and home but like as the main characters in high school like during the day we're getting cuts to the mom, I think like two, maybe three times, which is just awkward to me. And it, well, that is an example of bad editing. Cause I'm like, well, that's kind of a weird time to cut away. Another example of the bad editing is we get crazy moment 
where like Ma is being like st- grabbing the the main character and her friend, like grabbing them and going, you shouldn't be upstairs. And they, they scurry away and they all get in the car and leave. And then the next day they're just kind of normal about it. And then they end up going to Ma's again later. Like there's a moment and I guess I'll get into it now. The third act is basically Ma going completely unhinged and getting her revenge, which involves getting the main cast back to her house. I just don't buy it at all because like the main character, uh, Maggie, is like, hey, guys, let's not go to Ma's ever again. And her friend, and I'm going to look up her friend real quick because her friend was great. Uh, Haley, played by McKaylee Miller. She's like, she's like, yeah, I agree. This chick is crazy. She's stealing our jewelry. She's God knows what else is going on. She's probably drugging us at this party, which is true. And so like all the friends among the group decide not to ever go back to Ma's. And even to the point where like Haley, a McKaylee Miller's character does like a FaceTime. I don't know, maybe supposed to be on her Instagram story or something. She's like, Hey, everybody block Ma chick is crazy. We're not, let's not do this anymore. This chick is insane. Let's just drink somewhere else to the next like the in the third act all the main characters end up at ma's place and so like the way our main character goes there is she gets like a she sees a video of ma in her basement drinking and partying with a bunch of kids and she sees her boyfriend one of the one of the friends uh cory fogelmanis play uh who character's name is andy at the party and she's like oh i guess i gotta go and grab him and it's just like wait why did the friends agree to go back? And there's like a really loose when she shows up, she's like, why are you guys here? And he's like, come on, it's blah, blah, blah's birthday. That's just a moment of like, in my opinion, bad writing where it's like, okay, so our main characters are like the group made it a big point to not want to go back to this house and to make a, a, a vocal stance. So we are not going back to the house. And then they're just back really loosely. That was a big problem for me. And so then when they all get drugged and knocked out next day, they, they start waking up. You're for this type of movie, you're kind of expecting it to go really crazy and it doesn't. Which is weird to me because based on the tone, based on Blumhouse, based on a lot of things you're expecting. And I, I say that in a sense of like hoping because that's the kind of movie you want to see it to get just crazy violent. And there's like maybe two moments like the, the Fran Fanovascovich's character getting ran over by the car and Chick getting her mouth sewn shut that it does get kind of crazy. But I mean, that's really it. And so you kind of what you want it to get crazier than that. And it doesn't, which is that definitely goes against this movie. And so basically my problem is the third act, like what I was talking about with the characters just showing up back at the house, it just kind of is rushed and unrealistic. Because another big problem, which this is, man, I can, I can maybe see there being an argument artistically, but like the main character, Octavia Ma gets stabbed in the back by this big old chef's knife. Picture the Michael Myers, you know, knife gets stabbed down to the freaking handle. And she's like, ah, you know, falling over, blah. And then like they all get out of the house and then she just starts walking up the stairs normal, which if you want to go, it's because she's crazy. That can't overpower you getting stabbed with a let's call it eight nine inch knife 
So I, I know I'll, um, that's me crapping on a lot of the movie, but I will say, because I, I did say up until the third act, I actually didn't mind it. I can forgive the weaker editing because this is, you know, a, you know, B quote, B rated horror movie. I actually really liked the characters quite a lot. I thought the group of friends had a great dynamic. I think each character had kind of something interesting to bring and they weren't bad people with this kind of movie. You're expecting the quote popular kids to be just mean spirited, but they were actually pretty nice to each other. And I really loved the dynamic between our main character, Diana's uh, played by Diana Silvers and Julia Lewis, you know, the, the mother daughter relationship. I actually really dug that. Uh, I thought Ma's character was interesting and an absolutely wonderful as always performance by Octavia Spencer. This chick is a national treasure. Every time I see her in a movie, she always kills it from movies like The Help and Hidden Figures to she was in um, uh, Snowpiercer. She was in that movie and just wonderful and no different from being unhinged crazy to like motherly and concerned to just completely unhinged. Octavia Spencer kills it. She, when the emotional scenes where like she's getting bullied and stuff, it works. I think Octavia Spencer is an absolute national treasure. And I, she, I always look forward to movies if I see her in it. Wonderful performance by her. I think all the actors actually did a really good job. I think the weakest part of this movie was the, the writing and then followed by the editing. There were some cool moments cinematically where, or like with composition and like from the cinematographer, I, I thought it was a, there was a great use of, uh, I, I can't remember the name of the technique, but like when we have our a character in the fort really close in the foreground and something happening really far in the background and they have dual focus, which is very uh, ambitious to pull because it very uh, Tarantino does it a lot. He did in Reservoir Dogs for sure, where it's jarring because two things that are very far apart are both in focus. but cinematically it works really well because it's able to make uh, convey a, a feeling of uneasiness but also it makes these things very far apart very close together which that's a whole it, it can be done really well it can be done really poorly i thought this movie did that part well so you know i definitely want to give this movie its credits i think i read this review and i i absolutely agree with it i think this movie is like three drafts away from being a really really good movie i think it was a little too unpolished. I think the writing needed maybe have another writer come in to kind of clean it up. I think go lean deeper into this atmosphere and tone that the movie's trying to convey. And I think this actually, there is a good movie buried in this somewhere. Just chisel away more, polish a little bit more. And this could have been a really good movie. I would like to see this movie remade in a couple years. I think deep down, there is something really interesting here that we haven't really seen before in a horror film. But unfortunately, what, like, what we got with this version of the film, not really good. And so I am, uh, it's unfortunate. Honestly, before the third act, I was going to give this movie a B to B minus, but after the third act, I'm going to give it a solid C not quite C minus because I can't ignore the first two thirds of the film, which I actually enjoyed and was actually pretty invested in, but movies are a whole and especially the third act, which is critical. It broke the movie. Third acts can make or break the film. I thought it broke the film. Unfortunately, 
I oh god, I hope they don't do like a sequel or something to this because that would even lower it further, in my opinion. It's a C, kind of dipping into C minus, but I'll give it a C because again, well performed, as far as I'm concerned, from all all aspects. You know, the actors and stuff did a great job. I don't think there was a single bad performance in this film. Uh, I laughed during it. I got bored, unfortunately, during it. C right down the middle. It's it's it was redeemed a bit earlier and then it kind of fell from there. So it's kind of like starting with an A in a class and then you just slowly lose it, which is unfortunate because again, I think there's something really good here. If there's another movie you'd like for me to take a look at, send me an email at genregeekscast at gmail.com every Monday at 8.30 Central. The main cast and I record our Genre Geeks, the main podcast on twitch.tv slash genregeeks, 8.30 Central. Uh, Check out our Facebook page, Check out our Discord, where there's going to be a link in this episode and on our Facebook page. That's where we have polls. We have interactive stuff. If you want to be a part of the show, check out our Discord. And until next time, bye. Bye.